Welcome to the Podcast by Army podcast, where we talk about BTS, Army, fandom, and research. We are your co-hosts, Dr. Kate Ringland and... Jer Talher, a university researcher. And today we're talking about... Relic armies, or a word that I just made up, and I have been using for a couple months now, to describe the phenomenon of people who have been armies for a longer time so let's say a 2016-2017 army and people who just still hold on to the beliefs from that time instead of what we understand and know now as a fandom Mm -hmm. just to preface everything we do not hate armies who have been here for longer this is not a we don't like armies who have been from this time because they're stuck in their ways or whatever (laughs) that's not about it it's a about more of a conversation of how the fandom has changed and bts themselves have changed and there's some things that used to be normalized that we used to accept that we just don't now and i use relic armies as a term to describe people who still try to hold on to the things of the past when we have basically proven now that they're not good to engage in so things like airport photos There needs to be a time, I think it was like 2020, 2021, that was the time when we really started to not accept airport photos anymore. Yeah, we had a big reckoning in 2021, I think. Yeah, and I think that was mainly because of COVID. A lot of people were really worried about that when it came to the members. And also there was just a lot more. I think it got crazier in 2021. The, uh, like how it was at the airports because i know specifically in south korea a lot of the airports don't have private exits or areas where celebrities can go so that leads to a lot of crazy photos and videos where it's just packed in there yeah i've been there done that it was scary (laughs) wait when did that happen to you so i was when i flew into seoul last year i was right in front of I think I must yeah I must have been right in front of some idol some k-pop idol I don't know who because <laughs> I don't know k-pop idols and so I went through immigration customs all that and then I was walking you walk down this big hallway and then these sliding doors open to the main area after security right so it's like the actual open area where public can come in and you go out these doors and then there's a gate like a fence that kind of creates an aisleway, but behind that little fence was just stacks of people. And they were up on ladders. So it was like layers of people with ladders and giant, giant cameras and lots of flashes. It's a good thing I don't get super triggered by flashes because it was just like all flashes in my face as I opened the doors open. I walked out and it's just flashes and people yelling because whoever was right behind me. And so then you have to navigate through that while everyone's screaming and shouting because they're trying to get the person to look at them. And, and it was just a mass of people. And I just can't, it was scary. I would not like to do that again. 
Yeah, that sounds super traumatizing. We're just not going to think about that. I like even hearing about that. I get like really squeamish about like tight spaces. Yeah, no, I don't. I didn't love it. And it was like one of those things like, welcome to Korea. It was just like a mass of people with cameras and shouting and all the girls screaming. It was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah, that sounds super overwhelming. But to wrap it back into the topic of this video, that's what we're talking about. We don't accept airport photos because the consequences of airport photos is that it is a dangerous environment for the idol. It is a dangerous environment for any just person in the airport. It's super triggering, super duper overwhelming, just not a good time. But there are still some armies who think it's okay to consume airport photos, which is interesting to think about. I'm going to talk about this from different perspectives, so that way we can get the full scope of the conversation. But there are some armies that believe that it's okay to... It's okay to consume airport photos because the members of BTS post airport photos on their stories. And I have a complicated opinion about that. It's the fact that just because the BTS members approve of something or say something, that does not mean that we get to take that and misinterpret it to feed our own wants a bts member can share a photo of themselves from in the airport onto the story and that's what they do but that is like completely separate from what our community does and how we talk to each other and how we engage with each other Makes sense to me. so when it comes to airport photos even if a bts member posts it or posts that he's going to the airport that does not give consent basically for people to continue consuming them or continue going to the airports and especially when you look at the guidelines rules for army membership and going to airports is one of the things that they request we not do so it's literally there in our little guidelines yeah we for real need an update of that hi (laughs) big hit get with it like We need it. It's just, that's just like one example, like airport photos, very much like one very prominent example of something that armies used to do that we no longer do. And something else alongside that is gifts. Only recently I realized, oh yeah, yes. Cause I feel like a lot of people nowadays don't think about it that much. Right. But in 2018, Big Hit made an announcement that they would no longer be accepting gifts anymore from people because they started getting really out of hand i think at a certain point a fan site gifted jungkook like a gold bar hold on i need to fact check myself on this okay yes there was a bar of gold and it's like among the seven most expensive gifts a k-pop idol has received from fans he received a 500 gram gold bar in celebration of his 20th birthday in 2017 Wow. That is a lot of money to get someone a gold bar. And it's like ridiculous gifts like that. Just like extremely lavish. 
I know like people have given the example of they've given there's like fan sites and like fans who have given like iPhones who have given like luxury items like Louis Vuitton and stuff and it got so out of hand that Big Hit decided to stop accepting gifts I know you can send letters now still like physical letters Yeah. yeah but you cannot send gifts anymore right and very much that's something the fandom has accepted and changed so i don't see a lot of people trying to fight and be like we need to be able to send gifts to bts i think the closest we've come to that i get in quotes argument although i don't even think it was really an argument was when people were throwing stuff at them on the stage for ptd that's unpleasant (laughs) yes i just oh my god you saying that brought me back to a bad time <laughs> sorry I, re- I remember because i was in las vegas too when that drama was happening yeah. so i'm trying to enjoy my vegas trip hanging out but i remember that happening and then just being like so frustrated because you can't do anything about it and right. i remember there was this one army who's talking about like, wanting to fight this one girl who brought like teddy bear in and very clearly she was gonna throw it yeah. And then she wanted to fight her. But like, I was thinking like, please do not fight her. I don't want you to go to jail. Please don't go to jail. <laughs> Little things. I just, yeah. But that's like a really good example of something. Like people like in that moment might have accepted it. But now looking back on it, we're like, nah, not yeah. a good vibe. So yeah, there's, can you think of anything, Kate? The way that in which we talk about meeting BTS in the wild. Oh, I was in a museum and Namjoon was in a museum and I'm going to live tweet my experience versus waiting several days or never speaking of it ever. Those are also options. And we seem to have, this seems to have been a conversation that's been ongoing. Oh, the other example is like seeing them at somebody else's concert and taking pictures of them while they're at somebody else's concert and tweeting about it while they're still there that has been super controversial actually especially with some of the more senior army yes i remember that conversation really came to fruition when it came to the hiree styles concert free range it was just everyone was posting videos and pictures you could not be present on the tl without seeing one of those somewhere but then after that i think there was a retrospective yeah. And then the D-Day concerts happened. Yeah. And people were really upset about that because people were, because I think someone was talking about like how Jimin specifically was like pointing to Yoongi and he wanted people yeah. to pay attention to Yoongi and not him. Yeah. Which is like yeah. something we shouldn't even know, by the way, because people shouldn't have been live tweeting. People shouldn't have been taking yeah. pictures of him. People shouldn't have taken videos of him when he was just trying to enjoy the concert. Especially when they have proven over and over again, when they want us to see, they've posted videos and pictures after the fact. So it's not like we're not getting content, right? It's we can learn about it when they want us to learn about it. I I specifically remember, I think it might've been the Harry Styles where it was, yeah, it was this huge blow up. And there were some accounts that I really trusted because I was newer army at the time. I really trusted and they were reposting stuff. And I was like, I thought we said this wasn't okay. You kept telling me it's not okay to post them in the wild. And now you're posting them. And I was very confused. And then what, several days later, Hobie went and posted actual selfie video and we're like, this is much better than all the 144p stuff that people were posting anyway. So why didn't we just wait for this? And I just, yeah, so super frustrating when people want to put these different things in boxes. And anyway, so that's clearly there's some different expectations from different groups of army there. Yeah. 
because I know a lot of armies who might have joined earlier, they might accept that still. But right. I feel like as army has very much moved forward, we have seen that sometimes when people say they supposedly encountered a member, just random, really it wasn't. We know people book the same hotels as them. Right. We know people find where they are and try to bump into them or meet them right. in the wild. Right. And just, this is not okay. To preemptively, to prevent ourselves from ever taking the side of a stalker, we have just not accepted anyone talking about meeting BTS IRL. Because I even remember this one picture of this girl. She had, I think, a cookie keychain and she took it off and because Namjoon was nearby she was at the airport and she didn't want him to know that she was army and there's like a picture of her holding it behind her back and then Namjoon's also in frame and people were really pissed about that picture too and so was I because it's like you're trying to act like you're so great for not letting them know that you're an army but you still want the clout of seeing them that's two layers of skeevy to me because me, I would maybe hide the fact that I'm army, but then I would also just physically hide myself. <laughs> I'd be like, I was never here. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. It's just, I just, I can't. It's like ridiculous stuff. Like, Or the army who like saw Namjoon in like a museum. By the way, I know a lot of these because I was fighting a lot of these. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like an army who saw Namjoon in a museum and she took a picture of his back as yeah. he was walking through the museum. And it's, that's creepy too. Don't right. take random photos of someone you don't know. It's just very strange to do that. And then try to act like, oh, I saw Namjoon, but I'm protecting him. I'm not invading his privacy or disrupting him. Yes, you are. Right. You're taking a picture you're, of him and posting it on the internet. You're taking a picture without consent. Consent is so important. That's the main thing in this conversation about like meeting yeah. BTS IRL. It's about the consent part of it. Yeah. If you met them IRL, I don't think they would give you consent to post about it because like they don't even uh take pictures they're not like supposed to take pictures right like that's like big hit training because i know like yeah. subin from txt he's not allowed to take pictures so he's like yeah. autograph things for people before but i think for bts it might be the same i think they've said that somewhere i think it was said that yeah they don't because they don't the because you can't get context from it and so people can misconstrue what's happening in the photo and stuff so they just it's a blanket policy to not take photos yeah and also i think it also protects the person too so that way the person doesn't get hurt it's like whenever bts take a picture of any woman and it's just the storm after that right it's insane it's just i have never seen that much much misogyny from army before than when a woman posts a picture with a bts member yeah no it's it it's for crying out loud people were getting weird about a computer generated alien i cannot even with some of the way we handle things in the community that my universe i wouldn't know why it became discourse kate i was so pissed about that. i was okay i'm gonna say this for the record because one i said it on the timeline once at the time and people brushed me off but i was like deeply uncomfortable by the discourse that was happening around because there was the whole jokey jealous thing that was going on i'm like this is really weird because it's 
I get that it's supposed to be funny, but it's not funny. This is not, this is, because basically this is, this is exactly what they're afraid of with having partners and like being able to talk about partners and so deeply uncomfortable. And, and I could no, but literally no one at the time that I was talking with understood where I was coming from. And I was like, this is not okay. And we're, and it blew, it's a huge thing. And then all it just kept this being this running joke for a really long time. And I just was so deeply uncomfortable by it. Yeah. I feel like I'm always the downer or like the party <laughs> pooper on the timeline. Cause then some people would be like, ha ha haing at something. And I'll be like, guys, that's weird. And then people are just like, from my perspective, it wasn't. And I'm like, it's oh my god, that one one tweet where it's every time I tweet something on army Twitter, it feels like I'm laughing at a funeral. I feel like I'm the funeral in that tweet. <laughs> and okay, so here's my thing is I love us as a community for being playful and for having a great sense of humor and on any good day we're funny we're fantastic whatever some uh, certain members of bts might say but we there is such a there's lines and it's just like there are times when we cross it and we need to reel ourselves back in before it gets out of hand and that was one of the times it got out of hand yeah i can agree with that at, I think like in the beginning, I was like, ha, that's funny. It's, oh, she's so beautiful. And because like, we were like, oh, because like on the queer army side of things, yeah. we were like, oh my God, I want to date the alien. Right. Like, get out of the way. She's right. mine. See, right? now that is funny. I can get behind that, but it's like the weird possessiveness. Exactly. That's it. That, that's uh, it. that was the line for me. Would you want a partner treating you like this? I would hope not. Yeah, it was just the possessiveness of it and trying to act like he can't. It's, oh my God, the discos when Seven was released and, <clears throat> and Suhi, the actress, was in it. Yeah. And they were playing boyfriend, girlfriend in the MV. And then the amount of discourse around that, I just, yeah. I couldn't. I was just so I'll be honest, I checked out of the timeline at that point because I was just like, I'm not going to be here for this. I'm just going to go enjoy the music video. No, it's so good you did because there was like some army who was trying to be like, oh, you guys just say you like Suhi because you're trying to overcompensate for your jealousy because you don't like that she's playing a girlfriend with Jungkook. And then a bunch of queer armies are like, no, she's just hot. Like, (laughs) I don't know why you're acting like this. It was obviously a a cis hetero army, like a person who's like (laughs) cisgender and and they're straight. And it's like- why try are you projecting we're not projecting we're just queer you know yeah we're just trying to vibe over here so get off our lawn <laughs> I just can't. like i think all those types of conversations are super exclusionary of yeah. queer armies yeah and 100%. i feel like we're like having that conversation right now i don't think is getting better in my opinion I, we're still working well, yeah, considering this last week with the 3D release, I don't think it's getting better. <laughs> I That's... feel like we're becoming super, we're totally going off topic here, but I feel like we're becoming super fragmented and our sub communities are getting walled off in a sense because of these kind of people. There's no agreeing to disagree. There's no seeing the other person's perspective it's just 
become very vitriolic. Yes, I can agree with that. I think the sub-communities and army, just to bring it back to this Relic Army conversation too, I think a lot of times you hang around armies who joined at the same time as you, because that might be like the first people you meet. And that might be like the people who are surrounded by you. Because I know a lot of people I work with are 2020 armies or 2020 honor armies or 2019 armies. I think out of all my mutuals, there's a handful who are like 2016, 2017, like that type of armies. And there's also this kind of, not fact, but I think there might be more 2020 post armies than pre-2020 armies that are active in the fandom. Oh, I actually am positive that's true. Just given from doing the census, just given statistically the number of 2020 plus army, it just, it would just make sense for there to be more 2020 plus army because over half the fandom is basically made up of, I forget the actual numbers, I could probably find them, or is made up of people who joined 2020 or later. You can go find those numbers. I'm going to connect this back to something I learned about recently. For anyone who doesn't know, I am a second year undergraduate at university, but I do research and I'm in a research lab, which makes things complicated because I'm basically doing everything backwards. So just recently, I learned about discourse communities, which are basically communities that engage with each other. They share information, they talk to each other, and they create norms. That way they can exist peacefully as a community. And something I learned about discourse communities was the necessity of change and how when someone enters a community as a novice, they learn from experts. But then eventually those novices, they become the experts and then they teach the new novices. And it's like a cycle, basically. So discourse is always changing. Who is considered an expert or an authority on something in the community always changes. And very much that applies to ARMY with this conversation we're having as well, where a lot of armies from like 2016, 2017, 2018, 19, like pre-2020 armies are considered authorities, experts on the fandom. But I think that the fandom has changed so much from like pre-2020 to post-2020 times that a lot of times the discourse that the pre-2020 armies are engaging in is no longer relevant to what we're talking about post-2020. So something I like think about a lot in this type of situation is like the quote-unquote over-sexualization of the members, right? It very much was a problem when the members were younger. So like when Jungkook was still a teenager, he wasn't yet an adult. A lot of times like over-sexualization of the members, like objectification, a lot of crotch shots, just a lot. If you go back in time, very uncomfortable to look on Tumblr because a lot of times people just cropped or zoomed into body parts and I was like, ooh, my historical- That happened a lot when I very first joined Twitter. I don't know what part of Twitter I was on, but I was seeing that a lot and I was like, oh, I don't want to, this is not the part of Twitter I want to be on. (laughs) Yeah, but very much post-2020, as we're moving forward, 
people don't do that anymore people sexualize the members still but the concept of over sexualizing a member or objectification still happens the objectifying especially when you start talking about yeah no yeah that's when it it crosses the line yeah but the over sexualization part of it there's a lot of issues there's this whole discourse back in the day about yoongi and him wearing a silk pink outfit when blood sweat and tears was released because it was very sheer it wasn't well constructed and people I were like body parts have, i immediately knew what you were talking about yeah but there's like a fan cam of it and there's body parts and yeah. a lot of people are still very upset about how some people responded to that video like back when it was first released where it's oh you guys are all over sexualizing him you're seeing him as a person it's like, yeah that was true then but we don't need to bring up the 2016 blood and sweat and tears pink suit outfit discourse in 2023 right right we are beyond that at this point we are so far away from that i just i can't with that there's some things that are very relevant from 2016 we should still talk about like the break wings project a lot of things bts experienced discrimination and their journey to the u.s and things like that but stuff like that at that point, you got to let it go. That was from a past time and the discourse now has changed and things are different, right? I'm very careful when I talk about examples of things happening in fandom because I want it to be like newer examples and relevant to the fandom. When you start thinking about it as a community, the community is 10 plus years old now, right? And if you start thinking about the world and the things that have happened in the last decade it's just natural that the discourse and the things that are important and even the way in which we talk about things like consent that has changed so drastically in the last 10 years it's become common discourse just in general and of course things are going to shift and change within the fandom as well right and i think and it's a good thing growth and change and becoming older these are all good things and i think that it's good to embrace that especially when it's good yeah there's also things like oh i just thought of this stop it or memes or hardu people don't do those things anymore that used to be super commonplace in the fandom where people say stop it all the time very much we've come to consensus that it mocks korean accents and it's not okay to do that i know people on twitter frequently get canceled for um phonetically writing out how a member would say something in their korean accent i think this just happened recently too i don't remember exactly what it was for but i remember someone getting canceled for saying eu like at the end of some words that Jungkook was saying and uh, people were canceling them because they're you're like writing it in a way that mocks their Korean accent because it should just be like the word it shouldn't right. be like written to mimic or mock their accent in any way right. because you know what they're saying but you don't need to like act like you don't know or that it's like different because they're saying the word and it's just it, it's like specifically like, things like that we've come to learn as a fandom we can't accept something like that. So we need to like move on from that. What do you think, Kate? No, yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that the thinking about how things were in the past and having fond memories of things happening in the past are fine and good, but I think it's also fine and good for us to change and grow and decide that some things are not okay anymore. And I think 
I think the example of you saying when BTS was first starting, some of the members were teens, right? The idea that that now, and they keep saying this, and we've been having this discourse a lot recently. Now they are all very much in their mid to late 20s, going into their 30s. It's a very different place, and they are very different people. And I think it's okay for us to also listen to them and grow and change with them as well. Yeah, I agree with that. It's just, I feel like it's hard for a lot of people to accept, especially members like Jungkook, accept that they're growing up. I think we keep going around this conversation, this topic, but there is the conversation to be had about Jungkook and specifically how when he was younger, he was over-sexualized. And now that he actually is claiming his sexuality and exhibiting sexual things, people are upset about that. Yeah. And I very much think that is like a coming into our conversation about Relic Armies too, that a lot of armies pre-2020 saw Jungkook as a sexual object, basically. And now that he's actually claiming that and engaging in with sexual topics on his own behalf, A lot of people don't like that anymore. And it's like they want control over that or... And it ties back to objectifying the members, just saying. Goes back to this idea that as a fan, we have some sort of say in their lives when we don't. (laughs) Literally not ours. Like we're not, they're not our puppets. They're not our dolls to play with, right? They are actual living people that have their own lives and are doing their own growing up and I don't know it's just it's interesting to me seeing especially with Jungkook lately on his streams and during the station head parties and stuff like actually saying I am 26 stop treating me like I'm 12 just uh, yes I am an adult living an adult life doing adult things and whatever that is for me and whatever that means for you that's for you but we're not you aren't in my life other than listening to my music and coming to my parties. You know what I mean? It's just this interesting, some people are having a hard time reconciling these different things. Yeah. And I very much think that's a product of kind of being a relic army, just growing up with Jungkook or meeting him when he was younger and seeing him now. A lot of people have weird feelings about that. And if they can't reconcile with themselves and come to understand that, Jungkook is his own person. Again, it, it's the whole an, a, autonomy thing and seeing the members as their own people that can do their own things. There's some things the members do where I'm just like, ugh. Right. There's like members, there's like video clips of them. Sorry, this might sound gross to some people, but like they're men. And sometimes they like pick their nose or do stuff like that. And I'm like, ugh. But I also feel like they're all their own person. They can do that. To me, it may be like, but also they're their own people. If they want to pick their nose, they can pick their nose. There's nothing problematic about picking your nose. And I just think it's hard for some people to understand that you can like a celebrity, but not agree 100% of everything that they do or like. And I think to be very clear, I think that you can still be an army and not necessarily agree with everything BTS does. I think that is okay. And I think that discourse has been happening a lot recently with 3D and stuff. But I think that this has come up on the timeline quite a number of times since I've been around. And it's just this, I get wanting to support them 
which I do support them. But it's also, they are their own people. They're not necessarily always going to agree with what I think. And it's okay for us to disagree because we are both people in the world. Yes. And people just need to realize that and be okay with that. You don't have to be super duper excited for everything BTS does all the time. I'm not, there's some people who get hyped at music shows. For me, I watch the video. I stream the music I vote. That's about it. I'm not super hyped for them because I think they're just like ultra manufactured performances. So I like things like Tiny Desk more or like their concert performances. I see music performances, especially when they do the shows, the, you know, the, the award shows or whatever. I think, oh, that's nice. They're doing that. They get to see ARMY and I'm not there. So I'm not gonna, it's not something I need to like. I'll watch the show afterwards. I'll watch the video afterwards or whatever. But to me, it's wrong. Oh, that's nice. They get to see ARMY. <laughs> yeah, that's like my reaction to things that I'm not super duper excited about. It's just like, oh, that's nice. And that's it. It's okay to have that type of reaction to things BTS do. The problem yeah. is when people try to make it like a moral argument oh. or some baseline thing that's like, BTS did this thing and thus they are bad people and forever I am never going to be an army again. They turn it into capital D discourse, right? Yes, like capital D discourse. Like they're going in (laughs) on it. And I just, I don't want to deal with that. I'm happy right here because there's a lot of things that like you may not agree with that the BTS members do in particular, but it's their own decisions. They should be able to make their own decisions and then you should be able to respect those decisions. Yeah. And this kind of ties into a lot of fan site and solo stand discourse. There's a lot of relic armies who can't get on board with not supporting the lavish birthday events done by China bars or C bars yeah. and fan sites. Yeah. There's a lot of armies who just cannot get on board with that. And my question to that is why? There is something so particular about those lavish birthday events they're very extreme and they there's things like the big statue for the jack and box yeah hobie's birthday event it was done by a fan site in korea and people were tweeting that up and down the tl and loving that right but then it's like it's done by a solo stand fan site who very particularly disagreed with jack and box's release and thought that J-Hope was like being controlled during that and right. like, it wasn't his decision to not have a physical album by the way there are physical albums it's called the little like foldable thing you buy that's the album and if you wanted physicals he released a vinyl yeah and then he released the Lala Lola Palooza version yes and the Hope sure, edition yeah. I don't know what these people want anyway but lavish birthday events we're trying to fight against them right now because there's like things like the the very expensive billboards in like square and like other places in the world there was like that burj khalifa billboard that one time that was done by the v fan base and we don't want that like those lavish events we don't want that that money could be used for other things oh man i could think of a whole long list of of things that money could be used for before that yeah I feel like we are just coming into fruition of realizing that and talking about that more on Army Twitter, where that lavish birthday events, they don't bring anything to the members. BTS are already the biggest band in the world. We don't need billboards with their names on it because right. they are the biggest band in the world. I think back in the day, like pre-2020 times, 
if someone got a billboard for a member, that's like a really big deal. Because it's, oh, you're like celebrating this member and you're like promoting them in some way, right? This is the same argument for fan sites. A lot of K-pop idols, when they first start out, they want fan sites. Because fan sites spend a lot of money and they go to fan sign events and they give basically free promo because they sell their photos and they post their photos and they send those out to the world. And they also post fan cams, which are like a whole thing. But BTS... And where they are now and who they are now, they don't need that. And as a fandom, we need to get on board with that. Just because these lavish birthday events, instead of throwing a lavish birthday event, you could donate money to a charity in the name of the member. And that is so much more significant and in the lines of the messages of BTS and sharing like how amazing armies are and the fandom is and like how bts are and how they inspire us to do something that's so much better like why spend 40k on a lavish event or a billboard when you can spend 40k and donate that i just i cannot get on board with lavish birthday events i think at a certain point in time i think in my army career like when i first became an army i thought they were really cool and i thought they were a cool display of like fan power and like fan creativity but very much now, I see the baggage and the consequences and drawbacks to that. If you want the pretty birthday event, you also have them run by stalkers, yeah. fan sites who take the likeness of BTS and sell photos of their likeness. Right. So that way they can profit and make money. You have fan sites who take up front row seats at concerts and just shove a camera into the member's face as of actually being present at the concert, you have yeah. China bars. There's this whole thing when B first came out. Yeah. There's a bunch of China bars that had pre-ordered the album, I believe. And then they didn't. Cause yeah. there was like they're like so stan fan bars. And they basically were disagreeing, like, oh, my member's not getting enough from this comeback or whatever. So they didn't order albums. And there's was like a whole thing, because only the OT7 fan bases in china were the ones that ordered albums so right. bts's album sales for b tanked in china for b album and it's like a whole conversation i feel like a lot of people don't fully realize or understand even now that china fan bars okay to give some context to all of this china fan bars are one of the only ways you can order albums in china because there's a lot of restrictions and laws and there's the whole thing with China and South Korea not really being friends and politics and stuff like that but in order to get albums a lot of times the only thing you can do is group order through a fan bar and a lot of the solo stand fan bases not doing group orders basically harm the B album sales in China and basically it was like basically sabotage at that point and I really don't think people realize that or have the full context of that when they look at a pretty birthday event. It's it's interesting the like the birthday events to me are very much like a physical manifestation of how we see these people move on Twitter and stuff too, right? It's like very much a at the the end of the day it doesn't actually have anything to do with the member it's oh look at me look at this cool thing i did or this expensive thing i paid for or this fancy thing i made right it's it's very much and then all it is for them 
is they're trying to get the attention of anyone that'll pay them attention, but they just want validation and attention from ARMY and from BTS. It's not actually about the member. It's not actually about BTS. It's about their own egos, essentially. And then it becomes very much apparent that's true when they're sitting there sabotaging actual album sales for BTS, right? It's, oh, you didn't pay me enough attention, so I'm going to sabotage you, basically. Yeah, basically. There's the whole thing with Layover as well and the V solo right. fan, fan base, fan bar in China. They pre-ordered a ton of albums on the first day. No, they didn't pre-order it. They ordered a bunch of yeah. albums on the first day. And then when their order got denied, and then that affected like Hanteo chart, I'm pretty sure, where like a bunch of sales got cut off from Layover because there was like a K-pop store that the fan bar was trying to order through. And the K-pop store was like, oh, we can't fulfill that order because it's too many albums like all at once. And then they got really mad. They're like, Hybe is sabotaging Layover because they didn't let us order like, I think it was like over 10K albums. And they're like, oh, gee, how come they can't fulfill my order? It, it was ridiculous because it was like right before release or something, right? And they're like, why can't they fulfill my order? We can't magically make physical objects appear for you out of nowhere. That's the whole reason we have a, they like, look at how long they give for pre-orders. It's like a month or more for pre-orders. And that's so they can physically manifest these into being. Like, it's not like they're magically like, you know, they do pre-orders so that they know how many to make. It's like ridiculous. Yeah, and it was just like all so self-centered because the fan bar, I believe, was trying to break a record for the yeah. most first day sales for a right. soloist. And again, it's a look at me has absolutely nothing to do with the actual member or what he wants. It's all about them and what magical thing they're manifesting into the world or not in this case. It's literally nothing to do with the member or the actual music at all which to me is a little bit weird since we're here for music ostensibly i would think yes it's just it's okay it's just so strange because they could have pre-ordered all of those albums and then on the first day those albums would still count for all yeah. the sales on the first day right and it's they were just trying to like do something that they could talk about and be like, we did this. I yeah. did this. Instead of just being a part of something bigger than themselves, it's just, there's too much self-centeredness happening there. And I don't think people realize that. And that's why it goes back to this whole conversation of Relic Armies, once again. People still don't fully realize the issues of all of these things and because of that that is preventing them from seeing what is wrong with them and why we shouldn't accept them anymore and i don't want to call people stuck in their ways but they're just not seeing the bigger picture or they're not understanding the fuller context of these things and that is harming the fandom because we see okay i'm gonna talk about this but i'm not blaming any armies in this situation we see just a lot of large accounts on army twitter who are armies from let's say pre-2020 times a lot of them still hold by a lot of old things the fandom used to do there's things like knowing airport information 
like mm-hmm. supporting lavish projects supporting airport photos and such and they're stuck in that and because of that they continue doing it and then they get frustrated when armies who realize the wrong in those things call them out for it and then they're like oh i'm canceled and it's we're just telling you what's wrong with what you're doing you're not being canceled you were just learning that something you did was wrong yeah basically but i don't know i'm trying i don't want to start problems (laughs) really it's hard to tell sometimes (laughs) it's hard to tell but i think in this specific instance because i don't really blame a lot of these older armies from having this mentality that's the thing a lot of them that's what they know they know that oh i can do this thing and that's it they're not really thinking any further on it but a lot of the things that they do is harmful. Right, right now, as well, on Army Twitter, we're having this conversation about like, shooter accounts. And we talked about this as well, but there was a certain time in BTS's history that we did need shooter accounts. Yeah. That shooting is very... Like, to give context to listeners, shooting is when you're basically fighting very aggressively with someone else online. And you dogpile or you basically attack someone that's why it's called shooting. yeah you tend to it tends to be larger accounts that then pull in a whole bunch of other people to end up dogpiling someone i wouldn't know anything about that personally happening to me me as well <laughs> i have no idea what you're talking about kate i've never experienced that and right. never never experienced that but what i have seen happen to people i know very closely <laughs> who might be myself yeah is that there was a certain time in army history that we needed shooter accounts like 2016 2017 2018 before like 2018 and before when bts were still growing as a group and the fandom was growing as well and there needed to be very aggressive people who are willing to protect bts and the fandom who are not willing to let because okay the targeted hate campaign towards bts by the rest of k-pop is mind baffling yeah actually yeah the amount of target harassment it is just way too much if you look back on a lot of things i recently i've been researching the break wings project because i've been trying to make a video on that and do stuff i don't know when it's coming if i ever talk about video in this podcast no you're not getting it till six months at least because i try to be very thorough with those types of history videos but basically with the break wings project i looked back on twitter to the accounts that did trend the break wings like the original hashtag i'll say it the xols that trended the original hashtag and the amount of vitriol and hate in all of those tweets is so intense yeah for, for what because bts won an award because they outstreamed your group like for what all yeah. of this like it's like the type of hate that is so unexplainable and so disgusting that it shocks you yeah yeah and i just i understand why shooting is a thing in the fandom because we need it 
like we need it in a lot of instances but i think now 2023 biggest fandom in the world we don't need to respond to situations with that type of response yeah no and we have the members actually saying this online they're saying don't respond to the haters don't engage just ignore it and let them stay in their lane and cause their little kerfluffle over there and just move on because the more especially in this day and age with the way the algorithm are currently working on social media the more attention we give something the more attention it gets i have feelings about this but yeah no i know yeah i think that the things that bts needed protecting from five years ago are not the things that they need protecting from anymore and they have said that themselves they have said that out loud we can provide receipts for that yes i believe namjins talked about it like multiple times now too april 9th 2022 his live stream i may have just been looking this up go watch it everyone should go watch it right after you listen to this yes that's your homework yeah very much the members recognize too that our voice is power army has a very powerful voice and we should wield that power carefully we shouldn't because there's sometimes oh my god i can't deal with this anymore kate on the timeline, people keep bringing up the opinions of reaction YouTube channels. And yes, thinking, I see that all the time. I'm like, I don't know who this is. I never heard this name until you brought it onto my timeline. Wait, why do we care about some rando dude reactor on YouTube? They are so far beneath ARMY, yeah. beneath BTS. We do not need to engage with them in any type of way. Like, why are we giving them clicks? I don't understand. Why is anyone aware of what they are saying? Just curious. <laughs> yeah. This goes into a whole conversation about the need for content creation in the fandom. We're going to talk about this in a future episode. About there needing to be army content creators. Yeah. And, like, ones that are, like, ingrained in the discourse. Rando person trying to be an influencer and realize they could get their hits through ARMY. Yeah. Bora City Magazine, shout out to them. Yeah. Icons, legends. Like, I respect everything Bora City Magazine does. But we need people like that. And there's space for that. But we need to stop giving attention to these random reaction channels. And give attention to armies instead. That's the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Yep. I'm just, I can't deal with that. I hate the fact that sometimes on the TL, people bring conversations and like things on there that are just so irrelevant, so like, beneath us. I see people, and it happened this week too, like random DJs, radio DJs. Like, what? They are just, they're literally saying this shit to get your attention. And now you're giving it to them. Just stop. We don't care. Move on. We're not going to talk with racist radio people. That's just baseline. As a community, we've agreed that radio is a complicated thing. There's people, okay, I can share the behind the scenes part of this. But a lot of doing radio is just asking all the time. Requesting all the time. It is so much effort and... It is so tiresome, and I just, I've known people who've done radio requesting and been engaged as a, they're literally a radio army. That's their main thing in the fandom, is talking about radio, being engaged with radio, they do all of that. But 
at a certain point, they have to stop because it is so exhausting to constantly ask people for something and then they just never, never give it. There, There's a certain time, I think, in army history to give back to the Velik right. army conversation too. There's a certain time in army history where armies really wanted radio. Yeah. And we are sending, I believe, cupcakes, flower bouquets. We're sending food to radio stations because we wanted the spin so bad because like this is pre-dynamite era as well and hearing bts's music on the radio was like non-existent especially if you're not in a place like la or like california you would just not hear bts's music and there's a lot of energy and effort put towards radio at that time but i think now a lot of us have come to accept that radio is something that is so payola that is so corrupt right. and there's so much money being exchanged behind the scenes with music industry people that as a fandom we can request all we want but at the end of the day these people will decide who they want to play based on the numbers right. and the money that they get yeah and as a fandom we can't control that right i really respect the radio armies who are like still putting in the work today but a lot of armies have opted to doing other things that would help the fandom more directly instead. Things like funding, streaming, voting. Right. A lot of armies who were radio armies back in the day are now those types of armies instead because right. radio has become so impossible. Right. And this is another just example of how things have changed over the years right we have to adjust we have to adapt to the new climate or the climate as it becomes more transparent or whatever right we know in 2023 radio is so corrupt and so wrapped up in itself that is a thing that we're just not gonna get a pass on so we focus on these other things and i think that example of how we have to shift as a community and understand where to prioritize as a community I think that's important to really highlight is yes we did it this way it just doesn't work that way anymore now we do it this way and that's okay yeah it's okay again like the whole conversation about like discourse communities I talked about earlier as a fandom we are ever-changing and that is okay. It's okay to reevaluate things and be like, this isn't working anymore. And just not do that anymore. Yeah. Like we talked multiple examples already in this episode of things we used to do, we used to be okay with. But now we're like, you know what? That's maybe not the vibe. And right. let's not do that anymore. And it's okay to go back and say, I was wrong for that during that time. Because right. there's a lot of armies who I wouldn't consider relic armies, but like armies who have changed. And who were like armies from pre-2020, but now they've accepted there's a lot of change in the fandom, a lot of changing conversations. Right. Um, I can think of one account in particular when it comes to, they used to support fan sites. They used to be friends with some fan sites, but now very much they're not anymore. And there's still times where people try to screenshot them replying to a fan site and be like, oh, you support fan sites, we're going to cancel you now. But very much they don't anymore. I think that's like, that's actually a really important thing to think about too is that especially because our history and the length of all of us being here grows and we all grow and change i think there's something important to be said about this whole army keeps receipts for everything thing yes maybe we have receipts from when this person was buddy buddy with a fan site but 
how are they behaving now? What are they doing now? What is the current context of everyone in the situation and everything? And I think that I am not a huge fan of big cancel trains anyway. So there's that. But I think that there needs to be a lot more nuance and conversation that does not actually happen right now, which is frustrating. But yeah, no, I think that's an interesting point. Yes, because in this episode, we talked about how BTS themselves change. The fandom as a collective changes, but also people like armies as individuals, we change as well. Yeah, because we're all learning from our mistakes. We're all growing as people. The language around us has changed. So we have better language for being able to talk about things now that we couldn't, didn't have the language for earlier. So things, yeah, just this constant state of hopefully growing and becoming better people. Yes. I remember very specifically, I made a thread on Twitter about the power of having words to describe different things that happen to us as a fandom or that we experience as a fandom. Because I introduced the word co-fandom to a lot of the armies on Twitter and added that kind of to our lexicon of like how we talk with each other. Mm-hmm. And I think it helps instead of saying fellow armies, you say co-fandom. Yeah. Because it's just, it's a different way of describing the people around you and it's a different feeling and context to that type of words and we need words we need lexicon we we need a lexicon of like how we talk with each other because that helps us communicate and engage each other in a way where we can grow so let's keep growing that's the main takeaway let's keep growing and let's not cancel people over a one screenshot from two years ago that's a little that's a little much i because i believe someone can change so much in two years oh i was gonna say this as well i think if i talked to myself from 2020 to like where i am now this 2023 if i talked to myself from 2020 she wouldn't agree with me on anything yeah oh man who 2020 me 20 me was a hot mess so there's that so yeah Like, she would be like, what do you mean you don't talk about shipping frequently on the TL? (laughs) What do you mean? Because in past fandoms I've been in, shipping is such a central part of your fan experience that if you don't have a main ship or you don't ship, you're not in the fandom. But in ARMY, it's so different. Shipping has a weird... We won't get too much into it in this video. We'll talk about it like, a future video, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's future episode. Future episode. But... (laughs) Shipping has such a weird relationship to armies and like where we are right now as a fandom. And it's just, there's so much that is different and so much that has changed. And as individuals, we have all changed and we need to give space for that. I know I started off this episode very much criticizing Relic Armies, but very much I want to leave and hold space too that there is ways to change and ways to see things from different perspectives. And we should give that. Because I'm a lover and a hater. (laughs) But we can be both at the same time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Can I I read the census numbers really quick? Because I said I looked it up and I did. Okay. So this is from the 2022 census. So this was early, mid-2022. So the number of responses to this survey in total were 562,280. Okay, so of those 562, 
k people 41.94 so almost 42 percent are 2022 or later army and then the next big chunk 15 percent were 2019 almost half of the 562k respondents were from 2020 or later just had to get that out there because I think that gives a lot of context to a lot of what we just talked about of the massive amount of influx the fandom has had in the last two, three years. Yes. It's like an overwhelming influx and it changes a lot of discourse and it changes a yeah. lot of how the community functions and what we understand about the community. I really don't blame a lot of relic armies for being frustrated that things have changed so fast. There's new yeah. discourse. And if you're not active 24-7, you're probably not going to see it all the time. That's the right. Because a lot of armies who are, especially like older armies, a lot of armies, they met BTS when they were really young. And now they're older now. They have jobs. They have families. They have right. things to do. I, I really do not blame those people for not having the time to engage in the discourse anymore. But I think... At a certain point, if you're not engaged with the discourse, you should try stop trying to have the discourse. Yeah, I think they're yeah, and I think maybe that's the thing that's hard for people is they want to jump in and have those conversations, but they don't have the full context or all the information because they weren't there for the entire conversation, right? Kind of like the jumping in the mid combo and being like, Oh yeah, I have an opinion about this, but not actually having all the details and stuff, not actually knowing. I've seen that happen a number of times awkwardly. Or you should sit down for a little while. Yeah, it's really awkward whenever on the timeline there's someone who's, I'm a 2016 army, and I think yeah. this is okay. And I'm like, that doesn't mean anything to me. Literally right. means nothing to me. I yeah. don't care if you met them in 2016. I right. also met them in 2016, but I didn't become an army at that time. What are you going to say about it? <laughs> oh my god, there's this one time, there's this like person who's, I'm a 2016 army, and I think solo stands are okay. And I'm like, who Whoa. asked you? Whoa. There is no correlation or like connection between you saying you're a 2016 army and then saying so stands are okay. You saying a 2016 army does not give you like ethos or like authority to say that so stands are okay. And just imagine somebody say, oh yeah, I'm a 2016 army, but then has been completely unengaged with the conversation that has happened between 2016 and now they're not going to have any more authority on the community than somebody who's been extremely active since 2020 right it just throwing the number around as the metric for how believable someone is ridiculous no matter how you look at it right it's just yeah that's a number and i'm happy for you that you have liked bts since 2016 that's great for you but that's as far as that context goes like Nothing else really matters. Now, I do, I will say that I enjoy listening to more senior army. I enjoy the stories they tell. I love the history that they know about and can share and give context to. But that doesn't mean they're going to dictate what the community is like right now because the community is not the same as it was in 2016. Yes, I completely agree with that. Also, to get back to the discourse communities thing I talked about, I remember in class we were learning as well that if you do not actively participate in the community, then you're not a part of the community anymore. And very much that is relevant to ARMY. I believe, you can, again, we had a whole episode about this. What yeah. is an ARMY? And you can just be an ARMY by yourself hanging out. If you want to engage with the community in the discourse that we are having, if you are not an active participant, you are technically not even a part 
of the commuting conversation happening right at that moment you just lack the knowledge to even maneuver yourself in this conversation because there's terms like shooter shooter we looked this up recently it's only like a 2021 term yeah no it's super it's a lot less common than i thought it was when i was trying to find information about it because i was trying i was looking up to see if there was any academic discourse about it and i could not find any because i think a shooter is very much kind of an offshoot of an overzealous fan or like yeah. a, a white knight or a protector or something right. like that. Right. I think in other fandoms, they would call it differently. But yeah. ARMY has a specific word for it. So our fandom is always changing. The discourse is changing. The words we use are changing. So yeah. in order to participate in these conversations, you must be engaged with the discourse. Yeah. And again, that's not to say that older armies are somehow like, you can't be here anymore. And we're certainly not saying that people not engaged in the community are not army. They can still be army. They're just not in the community in the same way. Yes. It's just very difficult for them to understand how to maneuver and engage in those conversations when they don't have that prior knowledge already. And I don't know. It's frustrating when people try to. Like, again, that 2016 army. I'm a 2016 army. I think solar stands are okay. Who are you? Who are you? I can't. But yeah. But any final thoughts, Kate? Final thoughts. Be a good human. And if you want to participate in discourse, then actually engage in the discourse. No matter when you join the fandom. Yes. The fandom is ever-changing. And we should be content with that. Listen to the members when they say things. When the words are coming out of their mouths, we should trust what they're saying and actually listen to them. Yes, because they are not being controlled by anyone. They are not being told to say certain things to us. They're their own people. They are their own people who happen to be adults who happen to be doing things that they actually want to do. So we should support that instead of having extensive online debates about it please yes jungkook <laughs> is 26 years old he's an adult pays taxes let's just leave it at that yeah also you don't have to pay taxes to be an adult i'm just being hyperbolic anyway. he's an adult doing adult things and we should let him continue to do that instead of having extensive discourse about it because we all should agree that he's an adult doing adult things Yes. But yeah, that's this video. Hee hee. Thank you all so much for listening. Remember your homework to watch the Namjoon live stream. When was it again, Kate? April 9th, 2022. It was right after one of the PTD Las Vegas concerts. Yes, that's your homework. Go watch that live stream. Go listen to Namjoon's own words that he is saying. Yes, the words out of his his mouth mouth and then believe them when he says them. They're very good words. I love that. I love all the things he says in that. And he talks about his Pokemon stickers. So there's also some cuteness there too. So I love the Pokemon stickers. Yes. Okay. (laughs) All right. They're so cute. Okay. We're going to wrap up now. All right. That's it, everyone. Have a wonderful day. Take care of yourself. And remember to stream BTS all day, every day. Stream 7, stream 3D. We're going to be hyped for the Jungkook album that's coming out in November. 
is probably gonna... when this podcast is gonna air oh stream wow. the album yeah stream the album sorry we always we pre-record things i think this scheduled this episode is scheduled to come out when the album releases like the same okay we don't need the title track right now because this right. is past jaretown kate but stream the title track stream golden yeah stream the album from top to bottom because you want to get your streams for every song and remember to take care of yourself. Okay, bye. Bye.